What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Open Guard Cast. My guest today is Yasmeem Kasser. Uh, she is a black belt under the Mendez brothers. Recently just won the Worlds 2021, which was obviously a huge accomplishment at Brown Belt, and then got her black belt right as she stepped off the mat. So super excited to have you on the show today. Thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to start with the Worlds because it just happened. It came back for the first time in two and a half years, which was a really big deal for jiu-jitsu competitors. And you had an amazing tournament. Obviously, like I mentioned, you won, and then you got your black belt right after winning your division, which was really cool. Flow Grappling put out some cool videos of Guy Mendez promoting you to black belt and then did a cool interview with you. So everyone should check that out. But can you talk about that tournament, what your preparation was like, and kind of how you felt winning the tournament and getting your black belt? Of course. Yeah, so I got here about four years ago. And like I was telling you earlier, it was kind of like from zero, uh, grappling-wise. So I back in Brazil, I was more focused on MMA. So here, I was pretty much a white belt Like when I got here. I was already a blue belt, but... Um, like just because like with MMA experience, you are not allowed to compete as a white belt. So Professor Guy taught me like from the, from the very beginning, from, you know, uh, when I knew very little about grappling and, uh, it's just four years ago when I, when I think about it and then now, like I just won worlds in the brown belt and then I feel like, uh, I was in my mind. I was still a white belt, you know. It, it didn't really process very well in my brain, um, and uh, I'm still trying to accept the fact that I'm at that level now. But um, just the results show that, like everything that he presented to me, like the ideas that he he told me about whenever I got here at first. Um, it all like went through like everything he said, like he, he said, you have a potential to, to win worlds in every belt, including the black belt. And, uh, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this, this, and this is going to happen. And then at first I was like, okay, like you are the guy, you know, like you are game in and so you know what you're talking about. So uh, I'm going to do what you're saying. But in truth, like I didn't really like believe myself. I believed him. So little by little with the results and uh, winning worlds in the, um, in the blue belt in 2019, um, double gold was like the first uh, step for me to believe, oh, I have something special in me. And then 2020, we didn't have worlds. And uh, we kept training like just like normal if we had all the competitions we always had. And I felt like, uh, like maybe like every month I felt myself like, uh, like learning maybe enough for years, you know, it's like this, this four years that I've been here every single month, every single year, like represented so much for me. And, uh, and I've learned like so much, I got so much knowledge from those guys. I felt like a sponge, like every day, even like I would get home and, uh, and feel like really overwhelmed by the, just so much, so much knowledge. And I feel so blessed to be around those people, you know, like Professor Guy and Professor Hafa always tell us about like uh, how it's important to surround yourself with people that have like uh, goals and, um, and that train for it, that are very dedicated and focused because that 
makes you like uh, naturally be like that too. Like you, you have those examples, those you know, those role models, pretty much like right next to you, and they're doing the same thing as you are. Like we're actually grinding together, actually working together every day. So it's natural that you know, like um, what wherever there is like one champion, it will attract like more people and and um, influence more people to become champions, like as well. So, like, it was a path of uh, growing confidence, I feel like. Like, every year I would believe myself a little bit more. And then 2021, I wasn't even expecting to be promoted to brown belt, to be honest. And uh, so, like, being a black belt right now, like, my professor's already, you know, matching me up with, like, uh, like the greatest names of, of uh, my division, the black belt. We already have some stuff scheduled. And I'm like whoa like I'm just like four years ago like I still I still feel like that same white belt like totally raw and grappling and I'm already fighting those girls that I used to watch and 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 think like man like those girls are beasts and uh like seeing that I actually you know that I am at that level it's uh it's really crazy but like I'm, I'm like I said I feel like really blessed and uh, it's of course it's a mix of uh, of opportunity and um, you know like knowing how to use the opportunity and dedicating yourself. So like placing yourself in the right in in the right moment in the right place with the right people to you know like to do the most of it and um, like whatever you want to achieve. It's it's not like. Um, impossible you know it's everything it's everything that like like the logo like from AOJ from the beginning like believe and achieve right like so whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve so it's pretty much about that and I feel like worlds 2021 like really proved that to me like like for the like it was very solid at that moment like maybe before I competed I felt like I felt like uh, my training was really like, you know, making me better in a way that I feel like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get better like so fast if I was just uh, like training anywhere, you know, or with no no help from from the one no mentor. I would I would definitely be capable of achieving the same things. Everyone is, like I said, like everyone is, is capable of achieving anything if they really set their minds towards their goals. But I feel like um, being here and, and having these people around me really, really pushed me to improve faster. Yeah, definitely. And it's so crazy. Like you said, you won double gold in 2019. And then 2021, about two and a half years later, you're a black belt ready to take on the best in that division. So who are some of the people that you're excited to face now that you're a black belt? There's so many amazing women now in the black belt division, but are there any names in particular that kind of excite you to compete against? To be honest, I'm still trying to process the, the fact that I am a black belt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, whenever I think about the people I'm going to fight, I, I can't even pick like one person like specifically. I feel like I want to fight like just everyone. Like every like I said, like everyone that I used to to watch and and, and think like, man, those girls are beasts. I want to I want to face all of them for sure. Like they're great athletes and I feel like that's 
just perfect for me to to test myself and then see where I'm at and um, you know see if uh, all these years of hard work like did something you know and um, I'm really excited for that like I can't wait like we just had worlds maybe like last month right um, and we're having it again in June so it's a very short period too like I said I wasn't expecting to be promoted to black belt in 2022 I was a purple belt by May 2021 so it was for sure like way sooner than I thought and um I feel like that's even better you know because like then I have more time to to do more like I have so many more years to, to compete at worlds already in the black belt so right now I'm 23 years old and I, so I have at least like seven more years to be in the adult division and after that I can still you know like compete in the adult division of course but it's going to be so fun. I feel like uh, there are great things like coming up and uh, I'm really excited to see see what I'm going to do. Yeah, definitely. There's like you said there's so much time for you to fight all these amazing competitors. So it's going to be great. So you mentioned that when you first came to AOJ, Professor Gee kind of told you that you had a lot of potential, you could win world titles at all the belts and he kind of had like a plan for you. So do you think that's something that he does that's different cuz I notice I think he does that with some of the other competitors where he kind of sees some potential in them and then he starts coming up with like a long-term plan for them. Like your ultimate goal is black belt world champion, but here's how we're going to get there. Is that kind of similar to what he did for you? Yes, for sure. Whenever I came to AOG for the first time, I was here just visiting. And um, it was uh, 2017, actually. I was a, a white belt, like white, white belt, so like didn't even train jiu-jitsu that much. Like maybe I'll train like once a week. I was a MMA fighter. I think I had just got like my first amateur um, MMA fight and uh, like no plans of being a jiu-jitsu competitor whatsoever. And I trained here because I had some friends like from my hometown actually back in Brazil uh, that moved here just because of the Mendes rules, just because of AOJ. They were really obsessed with AOJ, and they would always talk about the Mendes Bros. And I wasn't really into jiu-jitsu, but whenever they showed me their videos, I'd be like, dude, those guys, those guys are like uh, like wizards and like sorcerers of the, the martial arts because it's not mm -hmm. normal what they do. It's like, it's not just like conventional jiu-jitsu. It's more, it's really art, you know, like, um, like I was telling someone even yesterday, it's like a, the way they do it, like, it really, it really relates to art, you know, like, the way, the, whenever I'm watching, like, halfway sparring, it's just, it's just so crazy, because it's, like, it's just natural, the way his body moves, it feels like he's not even, even flexing, or putting that much, like, effort, you know, and uh, I, feel, I feel like it's just beautiful, it's more than just a sport, it's, it's beautiful, like, if you understand it, you know, like, even for me that used to think that jiu-jitsu was boring and I wasn't really into jiu-jitsu at all. Like if someone told me at the time, like, oh, what do you think about jiu-jitsu? I was like, man, that's so lame. Like, it's just like men hugging each other, you know, like there's no <laughs> point at watching that. <laughs> so like yeah. even without understanding nothing about jiu-jitsu, whenever my friends showed me the Menace Rose, I was like, whoa, like that's, that's something else, you know? And, uh, of course, like nowadays we have like many other schools that, that like do a very similar kind of jujitsu and uh, they're all special. And I feel like the old school jujitsu, 
it's great too. You know, it's really effective and it works. And I come from a school in Brazil that's like really school, really old school. And uh, I can totally mix my game like from there, from back home to with the game here. And I feel like they they really like these two totally different games. They combine perfectly because at certain moments you really need to use the pressure. You really need to stop and you know, slow down and really, you know, do that old school game. And at other moments you can just like go like Arjo Jiu-Jitsu style, you know, like bearing bolos and, and, and distance passing. And, and it's really interesting, like mixing up like both of these, these styles. I feel like, um, I feel really blessed to have had like the, the two sides of it, the, a vision of like uh, the old school and the new school and being able to put both together now. And um, every with every athlete there, I feel like if he, uh, my professor, like I train mostly with, with Professor Yi, um, and uh, I feel like he recognizes if you are really focused and if you are really like willing to do whatever it takes. And uh, he is a, a visionary for sure. Like he sees like potential in people uh, when maybe the people don't even know that yet. Like me, like I, like whenever he invited me to move here and be part of his team, I was like, what are you talking to me? Like, what do you mean? Like, I, I know nothing about <laughs> jiu-jitsu, you know, like I'm very rough. Like I, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like uh, like I'm a Muay Thai fighter when I'm fighting jiu-jitsu. Like, I feel like I'm totally out of my, my area, you know. I'm not comfortable doing this at all. But he saw that potential, so I feel like he's got something special with that. Like, he can he sees the talent or, like, just the potential in, in people, and, and that's, like, a, like a, a special trait of him. And uh, if he sees that you are really dedicated... Um, he will tell you and if you especially if you ask him like he's not the type of guy that is gonna come after you and say no no you should do this you should do that it's like no like he sees if you're interested or not and if he sees that you're putting the work and and that it would be worth to tell you he will come and say like oh like this is what I think you should do and then like it's up to you if you want to do it or not you know and he's not going to be telling you all the time, like, oh, you're not doing what I told you. No, it's like, it's up to you. And uh, with every one of us there, the competitors, I feel like, like I don't know, like, I don't know what he talks like uh, about, like, with Cole or with Tynan exactly. But I know that everything is part of his strategy. Everything is, is planned out, like, to go as smooth as possible, you know, like, I know, like, especially, like, about Tynan, like, whenever he, he got promoted to black belt, he had about a year to, to prepare for Worlds, and I remember, like, hearing they talking about, like, facing every, like, as many op opponents from the, from the top level of the black belt as possible to prepare for that and get that confidence, you know, like, um, like um, winning against one by one of those those guys, and then whenever he got to Worlds, he already knew he had that potential. You know, he already knew that like he he wasn't just a newly promoted black belt. He was already at that level. You know, so like I feel like they focus a lot on like 
being active, like competing very often, testing yourself, like even in your worst day, you know. I remember 2000, especially 2019, the blue belt, I remember competing almost every single weekend. And uh, I remember Professor Gee telling me that, that that was mental conditioning, you know, to be so used to that that it's just like another day of training. So we were so used to winning, like to, you know, like fighting, doing good, even in your worst day, that whenever you get to the competition, whenever you get to Worlds, it's like there's nothing you haven't already faced, you know, no situation that like he didn't have to deal with before so he puts us in in a in a very like uncomfortable situation especially during training so we know what to do you know when when we're there and of course like the pressure when when you're competing is like like way more than than that training but i feel like i would never feel so overwhelmed in a competition as I feel when I'm getting smashed for 10 minutes sometimes during class, you know? Like, the, that's not something that that I that I imagine I could feel even in, in MMA, you know? So it's preparing myself mentally for any kind of competition, actually. And for life, too, you know, situations I have to deal sometimes with. Um, during training, I most of the times train only with the guys, so they're obviously going to be stronger than me. Some days I'm very tired. To be honest, some days I don't want to be there. But that is part of the strategy, like to put yourself in a very uncomfortable situation, like I said before. And so, like, uh, it really feels like, on a daily basis really feel like really overwhelming but it's very like rewarding you know like when you whenever you get to to compete at that level at like a getting that type of training every day and feeling really like uh like that you're in the worst type of situation like you're you're put in the worst scenario every day so you know how to deal with it like really prepares you to like feeling just like you're in another day, just a normal day when you get to a big tournament like Worlds, you know. And even though it's, like, really overwhelming in a daily basis, it's uh, very rewarding when you get there and you feel like uh, like nothing can really scare you, like nothing can really, you know, um, nothing can really intimidate you. Yeah, that's awesome. I can definitely see that when the Argentina 2 guys and girls compete. They seem comfortable on the competition mats. And I think that's something that definitely sets you guys apart. So I wanted to ask another question, too, because you mentioned how the Mendes Brothers Jiu-Jitsu is, like, very modern and very new school, and you came from more of an old-school background. But you're also competing mm -hmm. and training in MMA. So how do you kind of blend those two approaches? Because a lot of times I feel um, in MMA, people focus more on old-school Jiu-Jitsu, like getting to the mount and then, like, using their strikes to set up their positions more. So how do you balance, like, some of the modern Jiu-Jitsu that you learn from AOJ and from Professor Gee with some of the more old-school jiu-jitsu that's more common in MMA? Yeah, so I feel like these are totally different worlds, actually. Like, I didn't expect to love jiu-jitsu the way I ended up loving it. Like, whenever Professor Gee uh, presented the idea of, uh, like, me becoming a jiu-jitsu competitor to learn grappling, also, like, to, to be... Um, non in jiu-jitsu become non in jiu-jitsu uh, to make 
it was to make my path in MMA a little shorter and a little smarter and a little smoother. Um, it was not focused on jujitsu. So that's how he got me into jujitsu. He kind of tricked me into, you know, falling <laughs> into a into a trap where now I feel like I'm in love with jujitsu. And it wasn't the goal, you know. <laughs> like it was not the goal ever. It was always MMA. It was always about, you know, like uh, like making everything better for MMA. So, like talking about the new school game and all the 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 stuff that AOJ is like it's famous for, like like um like i mentioned like the baron volos the the distance style passing and everything those things are not like very ideal for mma i feel like uh in my mind i really have to separate that like to see like what um techniques i'm gonna use for jiu-jitsu as a sport and what techniques i'm gonna use for mma so i'm not gonna go to an mma fight and then pull guard right so what I do at a jiu-jitsu tournament, I get there and uh, I get a grip and I pull guard. So it's very different. Um, so in MMA, I'm not going to pull guard like I do like whenever I'm in a jiu-jitsu competition. So like it's very different. Like uh, when I'm there, it's a different, it's a different mindset totally. Like um, in jiu-jitsu, I feel like I'm, I'm not even... I'm not, it feels like I'm a different person in jiu-jitsu, to be honest, like, because I feel like because I started with striking, uh, jiu-jitsu seems so peaceful to me, you know, it's like, um, like, I don't ever get the same uh, feeling of, like, of fighting MMA, I don't feel like how, like, in MMA, it's natural, you're gonna feel like you want to punch someone, you want to kind of, you kind of want to hurt them you know in jiu-jitsu i feel like it's more like it's really art to me you know it's more it's way more peaceful and uh whenever i get to mma and think about jiu-jitsu which is like a total advantage i feel like if you have a good jiu-jitsu in mma i feel like you're already like one step ahead of most people Um, because like if you really watch mma you can tell that the level of jiu-jitsu it's it's not that that high you know it's a most even black belts and and um, like people that are considered grapplers like if you compare their jiu-jitsu level to to the jiu-jitsu level of a jiu-jitsu competitor like specific jiu-jitsu competitor um it's much lower i feel like so if you have good jiu-jitsu i feel like in 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 mma that's like a huge advantage and when I get there it's a it's a totally different mindset than when I'm competing IBJJF tournaments Right, so I'm thinking of the takedown. I'm thinking of timing their their punch, timing their kick, catching their leg, you know, doing much simpler things than I do like in in jujitsu tournaments. So it turns out to be easier, I feel like, <laughs> in MMA than in jujitsu. So whenever someone asks me, "Oh, what do you like better?" and I say, "Oh, I like uh, jujitsu gi better than than no gi." People are like, what? But you're an MMA fighter. That doesn't make sense. And I always answer that, like, no gi is very different than than the jiu-jitsu you use in MMA. No gi is actually hard. No gi, I feel like you can do, like, you can mix the, the modern game of uh, of today, like, in the no gi and, and do a bunch of things and, and uh, complicated things like uh, inverted positions and 
and all the the 50-50 game and the new new stuff that is coming out right now with the with them uh, allowing the the ripping situations um it's so complicated compared to jiu-jitsu using mma it's much simpler because there you can punch you can you have much more resources you know you're not going to be focused on only jiu-jitsu so it's more about instinct than really like complicated things whenever i'm fighting jiu-jitsu no gi or gi uh, it's like a chess game in my mind. It's like all the time my brain is like, okay, like I have like so many options of things that I can do right now and I need to decide which one is better, like what's more appropriate to this moment. And in MMA, it's just simple. It's just instinct. It's like what what is already in you. It's, it's the stuff that you, you drilled so much. It's those simple things like the those sweeps that you learned in the white belt or maybe, yes, you can add some crazy stuff and modern uh, school stuff to MMA, you can. That's risky, but you can. But it's, I feel like it's always what's already in you, what it's already like, you know, that the things that you don't need to think about to do, the things that come out like automatically. Because I feel like when fighting MMA, it's really survival mode. It's like all your instincts, all your, your primitive um feelings instincts they come out at that moment because it's just so many things that can happen like people can punch people can can knee people can kick people can use judo people can use jiu-jitsu people can use anything so you don't know where it's coming from so it's like it's way more scary and uh, i feel like it activates your like survival mode and your brain kind of kind of turns off at that moment it's always the things that come out there are always the ones that you really know already that are there like in your veins you know yeah that's awesome and you kind of alluded to a bunch of times how like jiu-jitsu wasn't your base in martial arts it was muay thai so can you talk a little bit about like getting into muay thai and you you already talked about the transition from muay thai to jiu-jitsu but what was it like when you first started Muay Thai and like how did that get you interested in MMA? So I started Muay Thai as an accident. I I was studying chemistry at the time. Um, it was like a, a high school, but a special school where you could also do like um, another subject as well, like uh, with the uh, with the high school to become a professional in some area right after you graduate from from high school so it's like a it was like a federal school very hard to get in um public school too because like uh, my family didn't have any money at the time so like you really had to like study a lot to be there it was like a full time and uh with the little time off that I had I would do things more like uh, artistic things I was really into music to uh circus i was part of a circus for about like two years and and a half and a friend of mine in the circus he used to do muay thai and he used to compete too at an amateur level but he would always talk about that and uh, i don't know things like that like you know like kind of out of the ordinary always attracted me for some reason and I would always try to beat him like he would you know <laughs> men handle me because i was just like really skinny i was this young girl 14 year old girl like like i had no chance i stand 
no chance against a guy like that who was huge. But I would always try to beat him. And I always felt like I could, like even though I couldn't. <laughs> but I was pretty confident about that. And he said, no, you should definitely do a trial class. Like if you... If you're trying to beat me up like so much, like you're definitely gonna <laughs> like Muay Thai, you know. Uh, so I did, and I feel like ever since I did my first class, I just got obsessed with that. Like I feel like uh, I've everything I tried in martial arts, I became addicted to it. It's crazy. Like I should probably not ever try to do any alcohol or any drugs yeah. or anything because nope. I was probably, <laughs> that would probably not end well. So thank God. Like, uh, martial arts also brought, like, much discipline to my life and yeah. uh, never got into that because I feel like I could... Like, anything I I, I get into, like, I really want to go, like, till the end, you know? Like, really want to do, like, um, like my 100%. So, from that first Muay Thai class, I feel like uh, I could never... I could never stop thinking about it. And I didn't think I was ever going to be a professional fighter that was... That was something like crazy. If someone ever told me that, oh, do you want to be a professional fighter? Like me, like coming from the countryside of uh, Rio Grande do Sul, Brazil, like in the middle of nowhere, I'm like, no, like maybe in the, I'll be a professional fighter in a bar bra or something, but <laughs> never like living in the United States and and doing that in the you know like the the world class scenario, but. I think like one thing led to another and maybe a month later I had my first Muay Thai competition which which was really like um fast for someone that had just started and uh, another moment that really marked me was my first match ever my first Muay Thai match ever the referee was there and whenever he said uh fight same thing I was telling you about MMA, like my brain just shut off and it was just about surviving. It was just like, like this person here is trying to kill me. So I need to be the one that does that first, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was a totally different feeling and I felt like it, I could totally, at that moment I could totally relate with my personal life situation, which wasn't um, the greatest, you know, like, uh, like um, I was, I was born in a, very impoverished the area and uh like i mentioned before like my family would struggle a lot and i had to leave home at 13 years old to if i wanted to ever like have a different life and and give my family a better life right so my childhood and 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 uh ever since i left home it was always a fight you know it was a, it was a fight to survive so at that moment when the ref said like fight it was like my instinct came from that, from that experience, like, uh, from being, even in an early age, like, fighting to survive, that, that's what I, what I pulled, like, from within, to be able to go through with it, and I felt like I only woke up from that, from that moment, whenever the ref stopped the fight, and, uh, I remember winning, but, honestly, like, I had no technique at all, and it was just hard and, uh, <laughs> like, uh, and fear, like, um, fear of, of, like, talking about mindset and, and the unconscious things from your mind. I feel like it's, like, fear of death, really, like, because that's, you know, like, when, when we fight now, now it's a sport, but back in the day when we were in the caves, we were fighting 
for our lives, right? So I feel like that's where the instinct comes from. And that's how you feel when you're there. And um, nowadays I can control that much better, of course. Like I'm, I'm still able to think when the ref says fight, you know, combat. Um, but I feel like for everyone, it kind of, it comes from, from that, you know. It's in, it's in our genes to fight, you know. And if you have something like in your personal life to fight for, I feel like that really like pushes you like when you're there at that moment, you know, like, and to me, that's like my family, you know, and, and overcoming all the obstacles that, that happened like along the path. Yeah, that's amazing. You definitely overcame a lot to get to, to get to where you are. So did you have any MMA fighters in particular that you watched that kind of inspired you? Cause obviously there's like another gap that you have to bridge between Muay Thai and MMA. There's other elements that you have to add to your training. So is there any like particular fighters that you saw and you were like, oh, that's cool. I want to do that. So nowadays I feel like I train so much that like I don't even watch anything anymore. Like not even MMA. I only watch if like someone that I know or like a training partner is competing. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, whenever I first got into MMA, it was definitely when Ronda Rousey was at her prime. And uh, she was, like, like, the first one to... Not the first one, but, like, one of the first ones to do it. Like, in the... Um, talking about women, right? Uh, she was the one that kind of opened up the doors for, like, uh, women MMA to the world and, and to the UFC. And uh, she convinced everyone that, like, the, the girls could also bring up, like, a good show, you know? And um, she was a character, too. So she was very, like inspiring you know like which people hated her a lot of people loved her um but i think that's that's why like she changed things for us girls you know because she was a very interesting one she was not only a good fighter like her, especially at, at her time she was really like much better than anyone like you know until until I don't remember what year was that, like, when, whenever she stopped fighting. Like, she was, she would just destroy everybody, you know. But she wasn't only a good fighter, but also, like, someone interesting to watch. So, like, watching her, I feel like it was the first time that I ever got the idea of fighting MMA, even though I never thought that it was going to happen. It was a mix of uh, having that hidden dream inside of me that I never even admitted to myself to opportunity you know because I everything that happened was kind of accidental like martial arts wise like in my life I had another friend that was a jiu-jitsu competitor and a jiu-jitsu professor in the same city I used to live and uh, one day in our Muay Thai class some guys in our team used to do MMA as well even though they didn't know jiu-jitsu at all like in Brazil it's kind of how it happens sometimes. Like sometimes you are only a jiu-jitsu fighter or you're only a Muay Thai fighter and then you, oh yeah, I want to do MMA and then whatever. Like I will go and fight. Like even though I don't know any grappling or I don't know any striking, you know. And uh, a lot of guys like from, from our Muay Thai gym used to compete in MMA. And so this guy came over, my friend, to give us a jiu-jitsu class, like a very, like, a, like introduction to jiu-jitsu, right? And um, at the time, he wasn't my friend yet. Uh, he said like he saw something in me and that I should go and do a trial class in jiu-jitsu. Story of my life. Now, 
I could never stop doing jiu-jitsu anymore, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But at first, I didn't really like it that much as, as I do now. Um, I would do more nogi, and I was still focused on striking. I considered myself a striker, and uh, the jiu-jitsu and grappling was only to defend myself in case someone took me down. I hadn't even conceived the idea of actually fighting professionally. I wanted it, like, um, but like I said, I, I didn't really believe it was going to happen. So from Muay Thai to Jiu-Jitsu was just about, like, watching that girl, Ronda Rousey, compete and having that desire, but just really, like, playing it out, seeing what happens, you know, um, nothing really serious. And then I started getting more into it, and that desire started to grow. And then again, opportunity happened, and I grabbed it. Like, I met this coach, MMA coach, uh, called Fabiano Montes Doca, which was, um, uh, he's a jiu-jitsu black belt, jiu-jitsu master, and a boxer back in the day. And uh, same thing, he said, like, girl, I see something special in you. And uh, whenever you turn 18 years old, at the time I think I was like um, like 16 or 17, I had just started in Muay Thai too. So I was saying like, oh, I consider myself a striker, like, oh, I'm a fighter. But no, like I had just started, you know, as an amateur too. But, <laughs> but he said, oh, I see something in you whenever you turn 18 years old, come over to my gym. And he used to live, uh, and he still lives, in Porto Alegre, which was a, the capital of my state um, in the south of Brazil. So it was a big city, you know, it's nothing compared to where I came from originally. I literally come from, a, like you could say, like a farm, you know, like someone, somewhere like very far away from the city. Like I remember having to take a bus that would take probably like 45 minutes just to get to, to the city, you know, to school and stuff like that. And had to walk most of the way too. So, like, moving to this other big city, it was already, like, a, like many steps ahead from, from where I started, you know. So, it already seemed surreal. And at the time, uh, like I mentioned before, I just grabbed the opportunities. I didn't really believe that it was actually going to lead me, like, uh, here now to what I'm doing right now. But thank God it did. And then along the way, many people inspired me, I feel like. But most of them were people around me, you know, people that I would see um, competing, even in the, in the local events. And uh, I'd be like, man, I want to be like that person. Like, they seem to be, you know, so tough. They, they, they seem to be able to, you know, get hit and keep going. And I feel like that's, that's just so awesome. You know, I want to be tough like that. I want to be able to endure things like that. And, and thinking about life too, you know. And I was studying chemistry at the time. I wanted to be an engineering. And I'm pretty sure I would have been. And I actually graduated in, a, in chemistry and worked with that like, for a while back in Brazil. And I loved it. You know, but it was just not so fulfilling as uh, you know, fighting is. Like, I feel like there's nothing compared to that. There's nothing that can get even close to the feeling of uh, you know, like being there and then it's either you or the other person's like one person's going to win and one person's going to lose like who wants it more you know and everything that that comes prior to it all the the preparation you know all the all the effort you really need to put to 
to be able to to do good and and uh, get better every day and you know like um it's it can be like really hard and going through that like pushing through like every day it's really like i said it's really rewarding when you get a win when you, when you're there and the and they raise your hand it's there's nothing compared to that so i feel really blessed to that every little step like led me here now and uh like i mentioned many people inspired me and i'm very lucky to be around the people that inspire me the most like they are there at the gym with me every day like if if you ask me like who are the people you admire the most in the martial arts world i would say in jiu-jitsu i would say the mendes bros for sure like it's not because i train with them you know uh it's just because that's what it is and then if you ask me like who you want to be your coach for mma i would say jason perillo and i train with jason perillo you know and uh like starting jiu-jitsu i remember watching mackenzie a lot and uh like watching her highlights and everything and some other girls from jiu-jitsu too even even like gabby garcia and and uh, all these people and then now i'm like around mackenzie every day training with her like in mma too so she inspired me like to do the jiu-jitsu path for mma as well because like watching her winning worlds in the black belt and then going to mma and like you know using jiu-jitsu as uh you know something that made her mma career better you know like putting her out there like way faster than 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 anyone would if you had just started like from mma you know like when you're already known in another sport it feels like uh it's much it's much easier to get there and then and then get signed with like a big promotion and you already have that confidence from competing hundreds and hundreds of times in in another sport that mental conditioning that I was talking about before you know so I feel like that's perfect when you can make like a a journey in another sport in another martial art you already have all that baggage of knowledge of experience so when you get there to MMA I feel like that's a huge advantage too Absolutely. Yeah, and you mentioned Jason Perillo. I kind of brought his name up before we started recording, but can you talk about what it's like training with him because he's trained some of the best MMA fighters ever. I know he trained BJ Penn. Like you mentioned, he trains McKenzie. I think did he train Ronda at some point too? I could be wrong about that, but um maybe not. I don't but he's think trained so. a bunch He's trained a bunch of really high-level fighters. So can you talk about what it's like training with him and <clears throat> learning from him? It's incredible as well as it is like training with the men's bros still can't believe when they're there in my corner it kind of makes me more nervous than my opponent to see them in my corner you know same thing with Brill like I haven't uh fought MMA anymore back in Brazil I had a pro fight I can't even do amateur even if I wanted to here so back in Brazil I did a pro fight I had a, this amateur fight and then afterwards I had a one pro fight so here even if I wanted to now going back to MMA and uh kind of wrap not wrapping up with jiu-jitsu but you know like getting to my main goal in jiu-jitsu which is uh being black belt world champion now it's like I feel like it's like very close now um and my focus will go back to MMA and I'm going to get back to competing at MMA even if I wanted to like do a couple of amateur fights I could not do it because I already had a pro fight back in Brazil Both of my fights, the amateur and the pro one, instinctively I took the girl down and the rear naked choke them because I feel mm-hmm. like that was the like fastest way to end 
that feeling of, oh my God, these people just want to kill me, you know? Uh, <laughs> but I didn't know much jiu-jitsu at the time. It was more about like really watching Ronda Rousey toss people around and submit them. You know, it was like stuff that I watched in movies. That's what I did when I, when I got to the fights there. And then turns out like a couple of years later, I'm becoming a grappler. So like uh, that really told me something about myself that I had this uh, instinct or, you know, this tendency to go to grappling. So thank God, like opportunity brought me here. And now, like, I feel like I can totally, and I'm still on the way, of course, to masterize it, to to understand, like, uh, very widely, like, about grappling and uh, really get to sharp my striking with one of the best coaches in the world. And uh, that's great because I want to be, like, good, like, all around. I want, I want my game not to have any gaps at all. So I'm prepared to face anyone. Doesn't matter if they're strikers, they're grappling. I feel like I want to be able to like be really good at striking and be really good at grappling and be really good at wrestling. You know, because I want to make it. I want to. I want to be something else. I don't want to be just another person. So another person doing doing an MMA and and being good at one thing. You know, I really want to push myself to the best as I can be. And I'm on the way there because I have so much to learn. I'm just starting. But training with these people, I feel like that really helps. And uh, I'm really thankful for that. Like having uh, Perillo as my coach and being around all these people that have got to a level where I want to be, like have got to the UFC or, or being like UFC champions, which is uh, in the martial arts, it's ultimately my goal. Uh, it's really great because I can see like I'm I'm on the path to do that. I'm doing the right things and and uh, all the time I'm I'm judging myself, of course, like criticizing myself. And uh, I see the good things that I, that I'm doing, but I'm also always trying to find gaps and and asking like coach, like what do you think I should do better? Do you think I should go running? Do you think I should do this? I should do that? Do you think Do you think I should add more wrestling classes? Like what can I do to do to be better? You know. And uh, I'm really grateful to have their support and, and uh, their affirmation that you are doing what you have to do and you are on the way to achieve the things you want to achieve. And seeing those people around me that have already achieved those things that I want, it's great. And being around them, it's just surreal. Like sometimes I, when, I, when I look around and I see those people and I'm just there, like, because I, I kind of forget sometimes like where I'm at, you know, like, like being like here in in the in the US and the people I'm around, um, it's pretty easy to get used to it. But then I remember first time I came here to being like, oh my God, I'm in the United States. This is so crazy. Like people are speaking this different language around me. It feels like I'm in the movie, you know? And then like four years later, you kind of get used to it and you forget that this is just so crazy compared to where I come from. You know, and and having the the trust and the support of these people that I've always admired that were like formerly were my idols. You know, it's just um, man, there's no words that can describe that, and it only motivates me to work harder every day. And uh, like, even though I always say that, like, even though I'm not where I want to be yet, I'm very far from where I started, and uh, that's that's really gratifying and uh, how do you, is that the right word for it gratifying like, yeah gratifying yeah. yeah 
Uh, yeah, another thing is I've been only speaking English for a little under four years. That's crazy too. You have great, no, you have great English. <laughs> so for the people listening to this, um, if I said something wrong in English, it's probably because I've been living here for a little under four years and that's for how long I've been speaking English. So consider me like a four-year-old uh, language-wise. And uh, like to the people moving here that don't know any English at all, like my, I think my main advice is to not be scared and not be scared of, uh, you know, making a mistake and uh, saying stuff like wrong and, and uh, maybe feeling like intimidated because some people are pretty mean when you're like from outside of the country and you don't know the language or the culture and uh, just don't care about those people, care about yourself, you know, like you need to, to grow and to, to learn, especially if you want to live here um like like me like i i i love my country love my family and and everything but like um like i'm not moving back to brazil so i'm living here permanently so it's very important that i understand the language and i really want to understand it to the point where like i could talk about just everything and feel comfortable right so like I, even though now i'm able to communicate i still make like mistakes of course like i'm here for not that many uh years so, like, every day I learn something new. Even now, like, talking in this podcast, I'm pretty sure that I've learned, like, many things. Like, I, I've realized, like, things that I could have said better and everything. So, like, just don't be scared. Don't be scared of asking people, like, oh, like, did I say that right? Or, like, how can, could I have said that better? You know, or reading books, like, something that really helped me, like, always. I switched everything to English. Like, my phone movies even though i wouldn't understand everything at first i would try and then maybe i would take like a long time to watch a movie for example because i would have to stop like every single scene to translate every word and so i could understand the context and then but little by little whenever you learn more words and and how the language works because it's totally different it's like from portuguese it's like 100 percent different uh, and w once you start getting the context, it's, I feel like it falls more naturally to the point that, that you can just like assume what, what that word that you don't know mean, and then like write it down. Like I would always write down words, new words and new, um, things about the language and, uh, really dive into this new culture because it's important, you know, it's important to, to communicate and, um, also to inspire other people too, because uh, like being able to speak English, I feel like I can not only impact like people from my country when I speak Portuguese, like with to interviews there, or even like on on my Instagram, or just to the people that knew me back home, like talking to them about my experience here, but also inspiring people here to you know take courage and and uh, go after your dreams and everything. So it's very important to understand the language. I feel like I want to learn more languages, like, eventually, once I feel like I'm really comfortable with English, you know. So that's my advice for, for people moving here, like, from Brazil or from, from any other country. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think you have great English, so that's, that's really impressive thank to you. develop your English to your current level in only four years. So just wanted to thank you again for your time today. We really, really appreciate you giving us your time. I know you're really busy with all your training and everything else you do. And, uh, yeah, I just want to let you know that we want to wish you the best of luck, I think, with your coaches. Obviously, the Mendes brothers are some of the best in jiu-jitsu. 
Jason Perillo is one of the best striking coaches ever, so the sky is really the limit for you in jiu-jitsu and in MMA. So just wanted to let you know that. And if there's any sponsors you want to thank or any friends that you want to shout out, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, thank you for the opportunity of talking a little bit about, my, about myself, about my story. Maybe, maybe it will inspire someone to, to take some risks and uh, you know, like follow this path as well. Uh, I would like to thank for sure like my coaches, like you mentioned, like the Mendes Bros and Perillo, like for the trust. Pat and Ori, like from Ruka too, for opening up the doors to me. I have um, another a supporter called uh, Saeed Khatib that um, created a project called Beyond Submissions, um, where like me, Tynan, and um, and John, Jonathan Alves too from from AOJ and Cole, as well as the now the the Negra girls. I don't know if I don't know if you guys know about them, but they are yeah. coming up like in the juvenile division in 2022. So they're supposed to do some great things in this sport as well. I'm really excited to watch them. Um, so we're all part of this project created by Said Katib called Beyond Submissions, and um, and like he's been like supporting us like from like at least like me. I remember like getting here not knowing much about how things worked here, and he always helped me out. He's he a guy that really like appreciates other people's successes you know and that's rare nowadays like sometimes people only focus about themselves and and um are very selfish but um some people sometimes they 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 come out differently and uh like they're really happy to see other people happy you know genuinely and um, i'm really thankful for that like he's a really good person and uh man just thank my family because uh, without them, I wouldn't be here. They're my main motivation. And I really miss them. All these four years that I've been here, I haven't been able to visit them. Especially my mom had, like, some health issues and stuff. And, uh, like, uh, it's it's really tough, like, not being able to see them. Like, for, for many reasons, actually. Like, um, I, I'm here under an athlete's visa, and um, it's, it's a complicated process to being able to travel. And with the pandemic, everything changed as well. So that's the main reason why I wasn't able to, to visit them anymore. But soon I will. I'm hopeful that this year will be the year that I visit my family. Um, so thanks to them. Thanks to Giuliano, um, a, a great friend of mine that supported me like uh, like when I was in Brazil still and, and for a good um, part of the time that, I, that, I, that I'm here as well. And uh, I think that's about it. And thanks God for, you know, my life. <laughs> and thank you for yeah. the opportunity of talking a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Hopefully we can have you back on at some point. And yeah, this was episode 120 of the Open Guard Cast. And we will see you guys next week for another episode. Thanks for listening.